You're listening to the Tattle Creek Podcast. I'm Conan Tobias, editor of Tattle Creek. It's Christmas time, and it wouldn't be a Christmas Tattle Creek Podcast without a visit from our good friend, Derek McCormick. He's here with us in the studio today. Hi, Derek. Hi, Conan. How's your Christmas going so far? Um, well, I was I was just telling you that I it's been going well. I've been very busy and festive and cheery, and then yesterday I started peeing blood, so I had to go to the hospital. But as I told you, it's like the red is kind of decorative. It is kind of festive. Yeah. Perhaps something will be passing green later, too, and you can have a whole... I can show you if you want. Again, it's an audio thing. Oh, so yeah. Okay. You can show me later, but it won't do anything for the audio. <laughs> well, thanks for kicking off our holiday season. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so, yeah. Cheerful. So merrily. Yeah. 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 Uh, you're Mr. Christmas, of course. Uh, I'm, I'm Mr. Halloween until Halloween, and then I'm Mr. Christmas after that. So, you're, so currently, you're Mr. Christmas. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's get to, to write what everybody wants to talk about, uh, Christmas book retail. Oh, <laughs> I am a bookseller. You are a bookseller at one of the finest bookstores in the city. Oh, I thank you. It the, is the finest bookstore And I'll, I'll in the speak city. In, the past, in the past tense, because this is actually co- coming out on Christmas Day. Sure. Uh, how was the Christmas book retail uh, scene this year? Very, very busy. Was it? Um, I, I popped by to see you the other day, and you're, you know, you guys usually are just kind of lounging around. <laughs> Oh, I was chatting, <laughs> going for lunch. And you were you were actually you were actually moving around a lot and getting things for people. Well, I had taken a Ritalin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps me move. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still do sometimes creep downstairs and sleep. But I'm old, you know. I'm old. I've been doing this for fifty-seven years. I've been really? in book retail mm-hmm. at Christmas. Well, you look fantastic. Uh, that's a lie. And you also, deserve a little bleeding at this point. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's been very busy. I I don't I've. I've stopped reading articles about the death of books and print, and because I, it never matches up with what's happening. You probably happening. wish it's so busy; it's killing you. Uh, I will be. It will kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's been it's been good. I mean, it's been strange in Toronto here for those international listeners that there's no snow, and as you know, snow makes sales double in a day. You know, once people see snow, they remember that they have Christmas. So really? it has been unusual here. It's ideally you get snow like December first, a light dusting and people go insane and need their cards and need their wrapping and need their presents. So I would think snow, I don't want to go out anywhere. No, that's not no, how it works. Really? You have an abnormal psychology then. Oh, because so. most people think I have to get moving. Hmm. I have to get wrapping. I have to get decorating. And so But it's been busy anyway. Yeah. Which hmm. is unusual. Hmm. Because um, uh, we're all accustomed to uh, reacting to snow and cold. Well, it's good to hear that it's going so well. Any any hot sellers in particular this holiday season? Um, that you care to mention? There, uh, I mean, there's there there are clear winners. I mean, are you thinking like novels or can lid? Am I supposed to like boost someone here? Any, no, am I supposed no, to put in no, a plug just, for just someone? No, just an honest answer. Uh, we sell a lot of poetry at our store. Really? Yes. So this is me putting in a plug for um, Chris Chambers and James Lindsay's book. Fine poets. Yes. Tattle Creek Sure, we'll have them on someday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, this book called Cabin Porn. Mm -hmm. I saw that. That Which is people are just scooping up. Mm -hmm. Anything about cabins and wood stacking and anything that might be Scandinavian, people are going crazy for. So you heard, it, you heard it here first. Those are the hot sellers this Christmas season. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always wonder when it's going to swing back to... Do you? I mean, you're maybe not as old as me, but in the 80s, everything was kind of like this Laura Ashley country Christmas. 80s. <laughs> uh, 
I was in my I was in my middle age. I was a middle aged man in mm. the eighties, and mm. I remember all that. I wonder when that's going to come back. Hopefully, not in my lifetime. Possible. Who knows? Well, my lifetime is probably <laughs> until March, so it probably won't. As I said, we intend to have you here doing these podcasts for years to come. What a ter- terrible, <laughs> terrible curse! So, <laughs> well, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> Live and do the podcast. Yes, or... I can. <laughs> <laughs> So what is it about Christmas that you love so much? I asked you this back in our Halloween podcast, but... You... I can't remember what I said about Halloween. I, just, I said it was about childhood. You were just, you were just kind of making stuff up yeah. at that time, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. What a surprise. Yeah. Um, Christmas, I love... Well, first of all, I love that so many people hate it. Um, no one really hates Halloween. You know, everyone's sort of in on Halloween. But this time of year really drives people crazy. And... Uh, People, I'll often say that I love Christmas, and people often say to me, do you realize that it's a commercial, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I find that sort of amusing, because, of course, everyone knows that. And everyone has always known that, and it's always been a commercial pain in the ass. But uh, But you appreciate it for the whole Jesus thing, right? Well, (laughs) number one (laughs) is Jesus, and number two is all the glittery junk everywhere. Right. I mean, people love junk. They love glittery junk. They love ornaments, and they love tinsel, and they love... Uh, now they love inflatable minions on their front lawn, mm-hmm. and um, I I I love that about Christmas. I love that people. Well, I, I mean, you decorate for Christmas. I do. We have the studio decorated here today. It's beautiful, people. Yes. We've got, got the little, some some books, including one of yours. Well, it's a wonderland. Card by Seth that you did not get this year. No, I'm no. off Seth's Christmas okay, list. Well, I'm I'm still on it. So. Well, I'm quite envious. I will share my Seth card. You can you can read it before you go. I ha- I had a good collection going. You probably have all of Seth's cards. I have quite a few. For those who haven't received them, um, I feel your pain. Number one. And two, uh, Seth does beautiful, and Tanya do beautiful handmade cards every year. They really do. It's always it's always a treat. Yeah. Um, and a joy and an honor to get them. And it costs a lot to mail things now, so it's an extra. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's funny that the people I get cards from the most are cartoonists. Cartoonists seem to love to send cards. Oh, that's nice. I would, too, if I had some talent. I mean, Not illustrative sure. talent. <laughs> uh, so, in answer to your question, I love the gaudiness. Mm-hmm. And I feel I'm not alone in that. Hmm. Everyone does. Are there similarities between Christmas and Halloween in that respect for you? Yeah, for me, they're both. Um, uh, they're both holidays that I think uh, are in the invention of modern commerce. And I mean, I, I really think Halloween was invented by crepe paper companies and magazine editors. Um, I think I think Halloween needs to give a little something back to us then. Oh, to magazine editors. Halloween's a massive industry now. (laughs) They need to cut a check. Floundering over here. I think Halloween needs to cut a check. Uh, I think Christmas largely the invention of department stores, and uh, I love it for that reason. Mm -hmm. I I it angers me. It I shouldn't say anger because I'm on too many pills to get really angry about anything, but. Uh, you know, it's like at Halloween, people say, well, actually, it's an ancient Celtic tradition of Samhain. And it's the same at Christmas when they say, oh, it's an ancient tradition of... And uh, there's an argument to be made for that, but I'm not an academic. And uh, there's also an argument to be made that it's it's really an artificial thing, you know, that we invented it to amuse ourselves in uh, cosmopolitan settings. And 
I love that about it. I don't know why that would be of less value than some ancient tradition anyway. Um, and uh, so I, I like it. I mean, maybe that's sounding academic. I mean, I do actually, um, I do love the stage settingness of both of them. I love that you can watch good Christmas movies and people actually try and make their houses and streets look like stage sets. Um, someone was saying to me the other day, you must hate those inflatable Christmas lawn ornaments. And I don't at all. I mean, there's always some trend in Christmas decorations. And remember icicle lights? Like they were a scandal to traditionalists. And, um, are those still a thing? They're still a thing. Yeah. They faded. I mean, of course these things are... In the same way you can't go into a drugstore and buy like a Christmas village for under your tree anymore. That's obviously faded. <laughs> I mean, we can dream about it. But I actually love the scale of those inflatable things. I, I think it's so funny that people decorate their lawns in something that's a theme park scale. They're giant. And uh, I appreciate that about it. I, I haven't seen one of those hand-waving Santas yet. Do those exist? No, I, there must be. There must be because they're... I don't know. Maybe those are too lowbrow. Like maybe even those are too much of a joke. I don't know how long those have been around, but they're so car dealership now. That's true. Um, are you seeing them more and more places? Yes, I saw one today online from a vape store with a vape <laughs> guy. Um, but uh, in general, I love that people would go to Home Depot and buy these overpriced things that are as big as their house and put them on their lawn. So it's fabulous. It's very and American. I'm also yeah. It is very American. I'm also like, as I get older, I'm more sentimental about children, and uh, children really love lights and decorations and things, so I'm all for anything that gives children a charge. I'm more surprised that you, you, you they've become more kid-friendly. I know you like spending brief amounts of time with kids, but... Oh, yeah, I've never... I didn't hate kids before, but I just didn't... You don't, I don't know, you're just not reading, you know, reading your work, you're not the most kid-friendly <laughs> person, necessarily. Well, now, what kind of books would anyone write if they were writing for kids? And they weren't kids' books. I mean, I, I'm not going to write for kids. Although, I was at a party last night and saw Sarah Sheard. Do you know Sarah Sheard? She was yes. a Coach House editor and author. And I remember when I read with her, uh, when I Wish Book came out, I read with her at Harborfront. And her son, who was then like seven or eight, said, that book was so funny. I really want that book. I really want that book. And... She said, should I get it? And I stupidly said, oh, yeah. And uh, she's never spoken to me since. So I saw her for the first time in maybe a decade yesterday, and we're still not talking. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I guess that's what I'm getting at. In many ways, you're the kind of person you'd want to keep your kids away from. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> at least in terms of your oh, work. Don't tell that to my nephews. Uh, no, I know you're very... You're, daycare you're, teachers. You're, you're awesome with your nephew. I know that. Uh, yeah, no, my work I is hope, not kid-friendly. I hope kid you and Sarah can patch things up. My, my work is not kid-friendly at all. No, it's not. Um, but I am very kid-friendly. You're very jolly. I think so. Yes. I'm not like a brooding... For at least a few minutes. ...nasty then. person. You're not nasty, no. Um, I'm not going to be on air anyway. I told you a few things before then. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love seeing kids get a laugh. I love the... I've always loved the Santa Claus parade, but now I have this weird old man tenderness about kids screaming and loving oh, it too well, so nice. um i mean it's it makes sense because i enjoyed that stuff so much as a kid um i guess that i i forgot that other kids would too hmm. and you did too maybe you should be doing vampire ya <laughs> uh is, is there like a vampire gay anal rape 
<laughs> YA genre that you could... There is. Actually, the bookstore, we have gay anal rape in our YA <laughs> section. We have a shelf designated for that. I think you should look into that. Yeah. Um, yes, I did love Christmas as a kid, and I still do. Yeah. Of course, you have like a, a tinsel tree in your... I did. And you were playing Christmas tree, tunes yeah. when I came in. Yeah. A lot of people draw the line at Christmas music. Mm-hmm. A lot of people find that just a step too far. Well, there's so much great alternative Christmas music that people don't know about. I like I like a lot of the classic Fitzgerald Sinatra stuff, but there's so much modern, so many modern spins on the classics as well. It's, uh, I think there's some Christmas music for everyone out there. You reminded me there that in my book Christmas Days, the one thing I didn't tackle was music because it had really dried. No one writes good Christmas songs anymore. People reinterpret Christmas songs, but once Tin Pan Alley shut down. What about that Mariah Carey song everybody likes? Oh my God, everyone mentions that to yeah. me when I say yeah, it. That's the only one I can think of. I, um, I think that that is a good song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one in the last 50 years. <laughs> that's terrible batting average. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of artists I like who record Christmas albums and put originals on them, and they're just horrific. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I could probably name a few more modern ones if I were to. I feel like it's a, I feel that that is the dying art of Christmas is Christmas music. I feel that we still have great parades and decorations and uh, gift wrapping and cards, but I feel like um, music and movies are the two things that we've lost. And do we have great parades? We do in Toronto. It's a, it's a big parade. Is it's it a, a great parade. Is it? The floats are fantastic. Which like the I don't know. There's there, there's some that are just like very. I like I like I think you like some of the old old timey floats where it's like it's very hand done. It's very kind of community group put it together kind of thing. So many of them are just there's like a, you know the, like the Lego float is just it's a piece of molded plastic. Right. Right. Um, uh, I guess I never thought about that because I do I I. Even if it's a piece of molded plastic, I do love the thought of a two-story Lego piece mm-hmm. floating down Bloor Street. I think the scale and the color is so exciting to me. And it doesn't matter how high-tech the float is. There's always some high school band with, like, people's mouths frozen to their clarinet. Are they still roots. up to snuff for you? They're great. Yeah. That's so great. And they still have the clowns throwing out candy canes and to look like they're walking in their hands or their faces or in their asses and behind a piece of mesh. And um, I sometimes wish that it were a little small towner, but, um, you know, when I wrote the book, as you know, uh, I got to go to the Santa Claus. I know this was a decade ago, but I, I did have the honor of going to the Santa Claus parade headquarters in Toronto. And, uh, it was a living archive. You know, they, they would pull things out from, they would have 1929 written in them hmm. or 1938 or 19. I mean, it was just, and all made of virtually indestructible fabrics. Uh, the old ones are obviously falling apart from wash and wear, but, um, they have been using them for making them from synthetics for as long as synthetics have been out, and they only wash them once a year in with like bleach in an industrial machine, and and so people still wear them. I mean, I think that's amazing that people are coming down the ghosts of nineteen twenty eight. Hmm. You know, I haven't noticed a lot of nineteen twenty eight costumes. Um, well, we should go together, Conan. I would love that. That would be great. And we should get there at six a.m. <laughs> and we should sit there. That that I will do at six a.m. I will pee blood in a cup. Okay, well. And we'll watch the floats go by. <laughs> this is why you're not kid friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I will go to the parade with you next year. Okay. I like the the range and quality of high school marching bands. So I went this year. And there are some they can like throw the baton up maybe an inch or two. Right. They're really not that good at. It. Right. Uh, and then there's some that are. 
probably from on the, on the American border or maybe even from Buffalo or something because the Americans are much more into this kind of thing. Right. And they're just better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting you say that. I never, I do associate that kind of drilling uh, perfection with American schools. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there must and be cheerleaders too. Like, you know, I think about, at both the high school and the university level, cheerleaders aren't that big a thing here. Right. But I think it's still a very intense thing. Right. In yeah. the States. So when you see them in the parades, I think the range in quality is pretty obvious. Well, when I was a kid, I was in a Christmas parade. I played an elf and I had no training. Hey, so you pee blood as a child, so did you do this at the parade? <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be a great float? <laughs> Just me standing there peeing blood off the side fountain. of a float? It'd be a good fountain. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, There's your memorial fountain right there. You reminded me of something that I didn't put in Wishbook, which was that, I guess, old in the olden days, uh, pharmacies used to have... Uh, two uh, large glass containers in the windows. One was red and one was green. And it's totally, I've forgotten what those represented, but I always thought that was so wonderful and Christmassy and also so associated with illness. Hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know why I didn't put that in the book. I was probably saving it for to do something else and now I've forgotten and I've lost my notes and I've lost my photocopies. So it's going to only survive on this podcast. Find it next year, podcast. There we go. There's our topic for next year. It was. It's a way, in the way that I remember reading a, uh, William Maxwell story that said I looked for the time in the butcher shop window it was 430 or something and it made me wonder if butcher shops used to have clocks in the windows hmm. because that would be so beautiful mm-hmm. Hmm. if amid the dead animals there is a clock <laughs> speaking of your book by the way you did write a Christmas book it's called Christmas Days I did it's a favorite of remainder bins throughout the city oh and landfill also I think soft covers in the landfill, <laughs> yeah. but, but the hard cover. If I if if I could only find out found. warehouse of a Nancy dumped it, I could tell people <laughs> to go and dig one up. Well, it's a wonderful book. We have it right here. Oh, I had fun Illust- doing it. Illustrated by your good friend Seth, my Seth, friend yours. Yes, yes. And we were just we were just flipping through it a minute ago, and I was saying even if you know you take out the the padding of Seth's illustrations, pretty big book for you. I think it came in at around seventy thousand words. Really? And it's, I, it's smaller because it's a little square book. Right, but but I guess what's well, wider too though. So I guess maybe it is regular book size in the end. I think seventy thousand like, is almost three hundred pages. I think that that's pretty impressive. Yes, because none of my fiction books are over twelve thousand words. So that book <laughs> Sorry, is. Sorry, I'm going to say twelve pages. That book. <laughs> that book is still really twice big. as large as my complete work. It's the opposite of your most recent book. Yeah, and my books yeah. are getting smaller. Oh, yeah. But I was young, and I was so when I. When I, you had a lot more energy back then. Well, they gave me money to write Christmas days, right. which was like those days have passed when anyone gets money. Right. And uh, yeah, I thought, oh, I'm on the up and up. I'm a, you know, I'm an up and coming writer. I'm going to make an impression. I'm going to make a book people care about. And I was wrong. Although with Christmas days, I did get some lovely letters from people that I don't know that saying, I read it every year or... I read it with my kids. I actually, or... I actually do know people that read it every year. A lot of that, a lot of Tattle Creek readers pull it out every year and give it a read. I know um, that touches me. It's a it's it's a new Christmas tradition. Maybe maybe there's no songs or movies, but <laughs> it's a, it's the tenth anniversary of the book this year. Is that true? Yes. Holy crap! Well, Merry Christmas so it's to offici- me. It's officially a tradition now. I, th- I think it has to be a tradition after ten years. Wow! Someone should reissue that. <laughs> Shouldn't Tattle Creek Books reissue wait that? Until the, wait until the old ones rot a little more. And, uh, oh, they're rotted. Yeah, um, yeah I had fun writing. Tell us a bit book. about the book. Okay, the book is um, 
It's about Christmas in Canada, although it obviously encompasses American traditions because they're so tied together with ours. Um, it's written in this with an advent calendar conceit in this 24 chapters. Theoretically, you could read a chapter every day before Christmas. Um, and I focus on the material culture of Christmas. So there's a chapter on fake snow. There's a chapter on Christmas corsages. There's a chapter on Santa castles and malls, um, which is what I'm interested in about Christmas and saved me from engaging any idea that Christmas is a religious holiday. Um, I remember when the book came out, it got reviewed in the Globe and it got a good review, but the reviewer said, apparently Derek McCormick has never heard the notion that the Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ, and which was so condescending, because guess what? I have. <laughs> and two, uh, it's not about that at all. It's, not about, it's about the first time that wrapping paper was sold commercially and the that's, first time that... Um, uh, I can't remember what else is in the book. <laughs> Santa costumes. It's a very Santa McCormick schools. Christmas. It is. Yes. Uh, and it's clearly about the uh, junk of Christmas, mm-hmm. and it's and it's beautifully illustrated by Seth. It's not a piece of junk itself. No, no, it's no. beautiful. Beautiful illustrations, great book. The hardcover is in blue and white in Hanukkah colors, mm-hmm. um, and then there was a paperback which was in gold and red, which I think is more Christmassy. Although I love the blue and white, I think it's. I do too. I, that's my preference. And I think for the cover. Um, no one out there will ever see it because it doesn't exist anymore. But I really think Seth was going for the look of um, a stencil that a store or a person would put on a window and then f- and spray fake snow. And so I think the blue and white is People perfect can't for see that. It. It's, it's actually I actually see it around a lot. Do you really? In the remainder bins. Yeah. It's funny. I just realized this actually isn't my personal copy. I wanted a, an extra copy, and I just opened it and realized this is actually a remaindered copy. Um, <laughs> if anyone ever, if you ever see it remainder, grab one two, for two me. Two ninety nine. Oh <laughs> my god, that hurts. <laughs> I guess I, I I did buy it at full price too. I, I guess I one. come to these podcasts to get put in place a little bit, <laughs> put in my place a little bit. We love having you here. We'd love to have you read from. Oh the, yeah, I should mention as well. We actually ran the last chapter to Christmas Days in Tattle Creek. You did, and it was which is now up on the homepage if anybody wants to. go. It was candy, and read it. candy one. Yes. Yeah. Now, why didn't I put that in the book, Conan? I don't know, Derek. Because um, the whole twenty-four thing, maybe. Was there anything interesting in my article about candy? God, I hope so. I, I ran it. <laughs> I know, but you don't really vet what you publish. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I'm barely involved anymore. There's just yeah. Like, there's well, the machinery. The, sh- the checks get deposited in your account, and yeah, that's I, fine. I picked up all those unpaid walrus interns when they got let go. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did do candy for you, and I, I, I can't remember why that wasn't in the book, although candy has less of an interest for me. Um, I feel like also... Um, uh, although I think that you, you, chicken bone, you had to give me a lot of tips about the candy because there was a lot of candy that came from the East Coast that I had no experience with, like chicken bones. Well, Ganong, yeah. Right, yeah. That it was St. Stephen, New Brunswick. That there was a lot based in, can I say the Maritimes? Is that something you can say or East Coast? I don't know. I don't want to offend you. <laughs> I think um, uh, and uh, so you sort of pushed me in that direction. Ganong is a wonderful candy maker. Long history. Very long. Um, Crater of the chicken bone. I mean, I remember my editor saying, do you really need corsages as a separate chapter from ribbon? But I really did, because I feel like Christmas corsages are... I would have preferred to read candy, but I got to, because we ran it in Tattle Creek. Well, I was writing for children, as I do with all my books. Oh, you were not. 
Okay. Would you like to read a little bit from Christmas Days for us? Sure. As a, as a Christmas present to our listeners out there. I'm going Listener, to... Uh, listeners, I don't know how many are. I'm going to read a couple of little paragraphs from the first chapter of the book, which is about the history of fake snow in Canada. I shake an antique snow dome, souvenir of Canada. A polar bear's inside, it's ceramic, snow squalls. Snow dome snow is known as flitter. Plastic's the most popular flitter. Tinsel's used, too. This snow dome's old. It's full of antifreeze. The snow is made from bone chips, byproduct of abattoirs. I light a cigarette. I don't smoke. This is an experiment. I'm testing a snowstorm tablet. Snowstorm in a room, the package calls it. Comic books used to advertise snowstorm tablets. Irwin Toys sold them in Canada. I bought mine at a joke shop. I slip it into the business end of the cigarette. I take a drag. Nothing. Then, bam, it ignites. White powder spurts. Another drag. My throat hurts. The powder's metaldehyde, a molluscicide, deadly to slugs. I shake a can, snow in a can, an aerosol. Instructions. Decorate windows, wreaths, nativity scenes. Was there snow in the manger? The warning label is a skeleton hand. Danger, explosive. Canned snow is a chemical cocktail. Butane and propane keep the snow pressurized. Ethyl acetate keeps it soft. This is the kind of snow I had as a kid. Stores sold it in fluffy, gleaming colors or white. It's made of stearic acid from cows. Boil cow carcasses and jelly rises. It's crammed into cans, then perfumed to smell snowy. All that in 23 other chapters. Oh, it could be for yours. Only, for only $2.99. B&B <laughs> and other fine used bookstores. Oh, Lord. Merry Christmas, Derek. Thank Merry you. Christmas thanks, to thanks, you. Thanks for coming in. We'll see you next year here at the podcast again. Well, maybe. Yeah, we will. No, I think. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well, that's a very happy note to end on. Um, uh, but if I don't make it back, Merry Christmas. We'll, we will see you next year. Okay. Merry Christmas, Derek. Thanks, buddy.